0: Hi everyone, uh, just a quick update to let you know that this episode is a little bit different. I was invited to appear on the Nocturnal Frequency Radio's uh, live stream. So, what I've done is I've captured the audio. For those of you that haven't been to YouTube or don't really want to go to YouTube and watch it, you can download the audio and put it onto your device and listen to it with your headphones. Anyway, so it's 2 hours of uh, me basically rambling about all all manner of things, all sorts. But uh I hope you enjoy and uh I'll speak to you soon. I
1: really really thank and welcome Reeves Cook to the show. A very 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 first time on the show. Um thanks for coming on Reeves. You're welcome.
0: it's uh it's it's certainly going to be an experience, I'm sure.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Um and like I was saying, um, you try, you know, it, 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 try and <laughs> Q that, you know, um, you know, our, our mutual fr- friend, Gareth, obviously he had, kept saying, you gotta have Reeves on, you gotta have him on, uh, especially when you talk about the paranormal as much as you guys and your interest in everything else. And so this is, this is, it, it's, it's great to finally have you on. So awesome. And I know it's, it, it's, well, it's a little earlier there than when we usually ask you yes. to come on. So yes. <laughs> it is. And. And, uh, you know, um, the, a special broadcast for us here on, on Friday evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to do uh, the odd Friday night show, but, I mean, it was usually, what, 9 o'clock right now, something like that? Yeah, usually around the same time. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. So um, maybe Reeves, just give a little bit uh, a background to the viewers and, and people who may not know who Reeves Cook is.
0: Well, I think most people that may have some inkling as to who i am would be from the mindset network and of course paratalk which we'll come into that a little bit later um but uh i have kind of been in the scene and in the network for maybe since early 2000s so that's when i kind of got sort of properly onto the internet and started to discover things and stuff so i think that uh for me sort of be you know who I am and where I come from is it's mainly with you know the the advent of nervous teeth and then it, that evolving into the mindset and obviously going from there it's kind of gave a lot of opportunities to not just me um but obviously there was other people as well that were involved um I, without going over you know ground that we've gone over before um mm. i think that uh, to give um listeners a an idea of how i came onto the scene when it with gareth and stuff is i've i kind of met gareth back in it must have been 1999 i think we we first exchanged emails and that was when he was doing the the nervous teeth uh, episodes with rod rodriguez who who is also no longer with us. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of helped out a little bit there and, and did some graphic work for them and, and stuff like that. And it, it kind of escalated by me becoming a regular sort of listener and coming into the chat room and just talking about, as you do, you know, you, you have an internet connection and back then it's like you can sit at your keyboard and find out within reason, anything you want about conspiracies and stuff and I was kind of really into it back then I was reading mm. everything you know ev- literally everything um and uh kind of Gareth picked up on this and he's like you know do you want to get involved with the show in some way and I'm like well you know okay but I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be a a you know I'm I'm not a broadcaster I didn't had no I had no interest in anything like that back then um, yeah. But he knew I had an interest in the paranormal and UFOs, and we would talk and exchange messages and emails. Um, and, of course, as time went on, um, the sad passing of fraud and Mindset <laughs> kind of closed the doors. He closed the doors on it for a couple of years because it was a bit, you know, things were just a bit much. And um, he said to me later on, he said, have you got any ideas for for shows i'm thinking about starting up mindset again a a new version and i and i said well we've always wanted to do a paranormal show um you know and he said well have you got any ideas give me some sort of send me some ideas and we'll we'll talk about it because the thing with the, the thing with gareth is he's very um how can i uh how can i put this he's very um he's very quick he's very direct if he likes mm-hmm. something if he likes an idea he'll go uh you know I'll go with that. Let's let's do it. But if he doesn't like it, he'll just say no, it's garbage, you know, yeah. bin it, start again. So, yeah. I kind of already had this plan of what I wanted to do, um but it had to really fit in with what he wanted to do as well because um paratalk wasn't it wasn't any one person's thing. It wasn't Gareth's thing and it wasn't my thing. It was something we both wanted to do and we mm. wanted to make make a show that was equally we had you know sort of an equal input to start with um it did transpire later on that you know i was sort of doing the episodes and putting the episodes together and putting the ideas together and then sending it to him and he would deal with all the back end and make sure that the, the shows went up and because we had to find our you know common ground where what we could do because obviously it's really difficult doing a show when you're you're eight hours it's, you know, you're eight hours apart, and it is difficult doing that because you've got to be in the, as you well know, you do this streaming thing, and um, you, you know, you do radio and stuff, and it's you've got to be in the right mindset to do mm-hmm. it. It's, there's no point. Uh, there's no point doing an episode. I can sit down and go, I'm going to do a, an episode of paratalk and I, I'm just like, but I'm not in the mood. I you know. <laughs> And yeah. and then tell my story or you know write my script and and it's complete rubbish and you know when I do something it, it's gonna be it's gonna be enjoyable you know for me because obviously that comes across so yeah I I think that um it, it that's how we kind of met and that's how I came onto the scene I've got involved with uh, the mindset as well mm-hmm. uh, doing that but it was Paratalk was where I really enjoyed. Uh, doing that sort of stuff, and obviously with the sad passing of Gareth, and he's no longer around. It's you know when I decided that um, you know we we had a lots of ideas for Paratol. We we talked, we had this we had this amazing conversation about three or four months before he 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 died, and. He he said, "What well, what do you want to do with Paratalk? What what what's your ideas?" And and I said, "Well, we could do this. Or we could have guests on, and we could we, we you know we could sort of maybe bring in some other people, and you know get their opinions and get other YouTubers." And and he's like, "Well, I like those ideas. Let's 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 do something." And we recorded a a bunch of episodes that when would would never be published because you know mm-hmm. I don't really keep I don't really keep notes and stuff. I I'll put an episode together once it's done. I move on to the next one. Um Mm -hmm. and so those things aren't well, they are gonna happen because um I've kept Paratalk going. So it's they are gonna happen in some way, but maybe not they won't manifest in the way that kind of Gareth and I envision envisioned us doing it on the original Mm -hmm. what I call the original Paratalk. Um so you know, obviously with when Gareth went, I'm kind of scratching my head and I'm thinking, what do I do? Do I continue Paratalk? um or do I just kind of throw the towel in and and just you know think well it was fun but then I thought well you've got a lot of people that listen to the show um and at one point Paratalk was the most popular episode going out regularly on the whole out of all the mindset even the mindset podcast it was more popular than that and it was like well people like it people are downloading it and they're listening to it um so I wanted to keep it going but I didn't want to I didn't want to sort of try and you know so or well, Gareth's not here anymore, but I'll bring someone else in and then we'll just carry on as before because you you can't really do that you know I I knew Gareth for what twenty nearly twenty one years and it mm-hmm. took us actually <laughs> it took us fifteen years to actually meet in person, but we used to talk every single day uh, on Messenger and on you know we we would talk about stuff and just just goof around you know and um, yeah. And it's kind of like you build up a relationship with anyone, you know, if you're talking to them every day, you, you build up this kind of, you know, this kind of re- where you can kind of know where, you know, we had an interest as well with, you know, old horror films and, and you know, retro 80s stuff. He knows that, knows that I was stuck in the past and I would always bring up stuff. that Oh, my God, how did you remember? How do you remember this stuff? So it's <laughs> like, um, yeah. Um, so kind of that's where I came from and not only did we sort of have a a great friendship but um your well, paratalk was born from the well, it was born from the ashes of the first mindset and it was kind of kind of came into its you know came into its own from mm. the version 2.0 of mindset you know so yeah, yeah. to uh, to answer your question which took what 10 minutes um <laughs> yeah funny. that that's where i came from yeah <laughs> Sorry. Well,
1: well, you know, well, that's interesting because, I mean, I, me personally, I, I enjoyed hearing the background. I want to know, yeah. you know where this was born where what you know what what it took what yeah to, to like say hey look at i love i love this show I, uh, these guys really click mm-hmm. and it's not like you i mean sure there are people that click automatically but i mean sometimes it takes quite a long time for people to click and go hey look at this this really goes
0: yeah i, 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 I
1: still don't click <laughs>
0: yeah i think um i think that when you do a anything like this you have to you have to be reasonably like-minded and you have yeah. to be on the same page. But on the the flip side of it, it's always good if you kind of disagree on a few aspects, you know, so that you have that little bit of, well, you know, I'll, I'll agree with you because you disagree, you know, it's that kind of, that thing, it's di- that dynamic. And I do miss that. At the moment, um, I do miss the whole dynamic. And one of the great things with... Uh, keeping Paratalk going is that that in some ways that dynamic will come back at some points in the episodes because um, you know, I want to bring in what I plan to bring in a few new people who are, can contribute um, to the show. It might not be a regular thing. Uh, It might be, uh, you know, once or twice a month, but I want to bring in other people to sort of recapture the dynamic not in the same way that Gareth and I had because mm. we had this kind of comedy aspect to what we talked about as well, where I could suddenly just talk about something and you'd know what I was on about, you know, could it be children of the stones or, or whatever. And it's, and if you're in with the joke, you, you get the joke. And if you're not, you just think we're talking a lot of old nonsense. But um, <laughs> the thing was that I wanted to bring that back in a little, in a, in a, just some little way, just so that those people that enjoyed that, they were able mm. to, um, you know, experience that again. But I've had emails from people saying, hey, are you going to have any guests on the show? It, w- it would be a good idea if you did. But also mm. people saying to me, I really like the direction you've gone in. I like that you pick a story and it's just you, the narration and the story and, and that's it. There's no, you know, there's no extra stuff. It's just here it is, you know, chill out, put your headphones on and 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 have a listen you know but i i kind of i'm trying to cater it's like anything you you Mm -hmm. you kind of put everything on the table and you think right what? i know what works but it's a complete mess but i Mm -hmm. kind of need to find out where i'm going how often can i do this how often can i put these shows out i really want uh paratalk to grow and i really want to get it back sort of up to where it was you know two years ago um but I also want to move it on to the next kind of you know the next run of the ladder where you are thinking, well okay, now this is actually in a position where I can start to now i there's this word that everyone hates, and um <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you've heard of it it's called monetarization um, yes so i I want so put it this way um it would be nice if ParaTalk was able to earn money, right? But yeah. I don't want ParaTalk to I don't want to say to people, "Oh, I've got a great show. You're really enjoying it, but now I want some money from you." Yeah, I don't want to do that. Stuff. I don't want to I want anyone that wants to listen to the show can download it and listen to it. And I don't want to put a a paywall halfway through. So they go, I'm really enjoying this episode, but hang on a minute. Now I've got to pay $5, you know, I I don't want that. Um, So the only thing that's left for me is either sponsorship or advertising, putting it, you know, like, you you know, put it on YouTube or Mm. or whatever. So there are those options, you know, that I am considering, but that's, I don't ever want to. Gareth and I had this, um, uh, we had this kind of agreement where if we were going to do a show, uh, even if it was monetarized it would still have to be free you you yeah. couldn't just say oh it's all now you know we had a pay when when we if you understand to me please that 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 do you know how difficult it was to make gareth put up a patron he just did not want to do it you i know you, you would that, say yeah. to him i'd say to him look mate we we've got to do we got to go to the next level here and you know there are people out there that want to support the show because i mean we you know he had his own server that cost a lot of money and every every year it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars he was paying out for data transfer it was all you know and he would didn't he had all the best stuff it was none of this sort of cheapo hosting it was all proper you know proper stuff and um it, it was costing money and he was paying it and it's like, you know, we've got to, the show has got to sort of earn its keep a little bit. So, I mean, we put a patron up and we were kind of, you know, we, we, we went onto YouTube and we were kind of mm-hmm. doing the whole YouTube thing. Um, and it was, you know, it was growing and uh, people were joining and we were doing it in a way that no one felt like they had to spend any money. It was like, you don't have to spend any money if you don't want to. And I always look at the point where as i just said it's i you know a lot of people don't care they're like oh you know i'll chuck you a few a few dollars a month that's no big deal to me but i i care that they're happy with what they've got and they don't feel that they're being taken advantage of because you know yeah you, you've got to kind of it's like look, it's it's a hobby or it's a it's a business you know and the way i look at it, at it is that if you want to you know there are most probably i'm don't want to offend people, but I'm just the way I look at it is that if you want to uh, grow something and move it on, you must look at it like a business. You yeah. have to think you have to think, right, how can I offer a quality product to people that want to, you know, that want to download it, want to listen to it, want to support the show. Uh, but at the same time, how can I have it so that those there are people out there that are on really tight budgets? you know, and they really enjoy the show. Oh, yeah. I want to make it free to them. So we had this kind of understanding where it has to be available to everyone. And that was the same with mindset and and everything that we did. Mm-hmm. And and it's kind of still the same now. I, I think that 2022, all this kind of pandemic stuff has made me kind of think about, and also you get to the point where you, you know, your age and experience life experience this thing uh, life experience you suddenly wake up one day and and you realize that all that all that stuff you've done in your life comes to it makes you realize that you know I need to do something I need to do something that's for me that means something and I I need to do something that I enjoy and and it's kind of you know if I want to go and stand in a in a stinky old haunted allegedly haunted house all night and absolutely experience nothing you know i want to be able to do that but if that makes me happy and it makes other people happy then great you know you've you've kind of achieved what you want to achieve but i you you kind of get to an age where you think i I want to start doing stuff that i'm enjoying and and you look at stuff uh like like paratalk and you Mm -hmm. think you know I, I it's it needs to it needs to sort of keep going it needs to keep moving and I think that uh i mean it's early days at the moment well I mean what am i four fourth episode or third episode there's other episodes in the back th- a-
1: those episodes have substance that's what I love yeah. about it even though even though there's you know they're the length is it, they're not lengthy but no. it doesn't matter. the subject matter is amazing you got you have really done a great job uh you know explaining well not explaining but you know sort of giving people what they need to know about the situation that you're talking about with a lot of the stories like the history and whatever else that you're dealing with with the episodes mm. and that's I, I think that's what people love about
0: it I, one of the things that amazes me about the paranormal is you can go to a house and I've mm-hmm. I've I've been to haunted locations that mm. uh you know manor houses uh castles i i remember i just i'm going on a tangent again i'm good at this uh, <laughs> it's another story mm. i remember going on a a school trip and this was i must have been 12 or 13 it was it was before i went to a sort of big school i was th- nearly what well, I was a, i was a teen early teens yeah. and we went to this we went on this trip and it was a uh, like a castle keep kind of manor house kind of place and Mm. i remember going in this place and outside it was a lovely day it wasn't like grim or anything like that it was a nice day school trip you know school trips are school trips and um we go in this house and for uh, immediately it was this it was like this um repressive kind of Angry atmosphere, and mm. I said to my mate, "It feels weird in here." And he was like, "Well, it's you know, it's an old house, isn't it?" But I was like, "No, it just feels weird." Now I'm I, like, I just don't. I'm I'm not Derek Akora. I'm not psychic. Okay, I'm, I'm come not, on, you're supposed <laughs> to say what
1: I say time. I'm not. I'm <laughs> as psychic, dumb as they come. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm
0: not. I, I okay. I think everyone is, uh, to a certain degree. I think we're yeah. all sensitive to the environment around us. Um, and I think a lot of that is to do with going back to the olden days when, you know, big tigers would chase us. Um, mm. But I do think that when you do go in these buildings and there's hundreds and hundreds of years of history where people have lived in them and things have gone on, people have been murdered, you know, people have been angry. You know, get Back in the, those days, you know, if they didn't like you, they'd chuck you down a hole in the front room and you just... And then carry on having their dinner, you know. You go down the yeah. oubliette, you know, and you stay there, and that's it. You rot. And um, is that kind of, you know, th- I think that that in some way affects the building, and the atmosphere. And when I went into that building, I could feel that was kind of like the that was one of my first experience of, in a way, my first experience of the uh, what I would call the paranormal. I didn't mm-hmm. see any. I didn't see no cavaliers walking around or, uh, you know, headless ladies or anything, but it was that feeling. And, I, and that's what kind of got me interested in the paranormal in the sense of the history. Because I think that, you know, the history itself can be just as scary as the yeah. actual story of, uh, of the ghost that haunts the building.
1: You know, and I, I was going to ask you, because you, you sort of mentioned something that was intriguing there, uh, a little bit there. Um, so you're a huge proponent of of, of of the theory then of you entering a location that's, you know, reportedly to be haunted. Yeah. And you, you yourself entering that building will change the dynamic. Your energy, so sort to of speak, and everything else yeah. will change the dynamic of that sort of – haunting if you will
0: mm-hmm. um i i think that uh it, it, i understand what you're saying and that yeah. uh there is well okay so we can go down that rabbit hole a little bit further if you want <laughs> um sure. so basically right you, you go into a location that has mm-hmm. alleged paranormal activity mm-hmm. um and you, you 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 don't go in all right your you, your mate goes in and he walks sure. around and he goes load of old nonsense there's nothing going on here you know i don't i don't feel nothing i don't experience nothing and then you go in and you feel sad or you feel anxious or you see something or experience something so what we have here is an individual acting as a catalyst for paranormal phenomenon that says a lot about are we as individuals are we Uh, some form of electronic or atmospheric or environmental triggers as individuals. So does it, does that mean that what you, what you personally believe and say you do believe in ghosts and your mate doesn't believe in ghosts and he sees nothing and you experience something. Is it a need that you want to see something that you pick up on past events? Because I do. I'm also a proponent that a great deal of paranormal phenomenon that you people witness is just simply history replaying itself the stone tape you know Mm -hmm. um but i do think that there are so residual residual, yeah. yeah um but i do think that there is also intelligent residual hauntings and also hauntings that have you know some form of personality or consciousness connected to them um I don't, you know, I always make clear that I don't have any of the answers. I simply have, you know, ideas of what things could possibly be. Um, but I do think that a large number of uh, paranormal phenomenon that you get in these, especially the older locations, uh, is a, some form of residual haunting that's been, mm-hmm. the, that the environment has been impregnated into, well, for example... If you look at the case, uh, in Kenfig in South Wales of the Prince of Wales Pub, um, mm-hmm. two, en- two electrical engineers. They that there is a at the back of the pub, there is a large building, and it's a function, a large. Think of it as an a, a function hall, but this mm-hmm. this large hall goes back many many hundreds of years. It used to be, in the olden days, it was um, like a, a courthouse, and many people from this place, this courthouse were sentenced to death to hang so obviously that's not a good thing and the people that's in there that says you know today you're going to hang you can imagine the emotion that's let out in that in that building so mm-hmm. obviously over the time over the years the building has changed it's you know it's usage and now it's part of the pub and it's you know it's a function room mm-hmm. they were experiencing back in the i think it was the 80s the landlord he would uh he would say i i you know i'm hearing stuff from the function room i'm hearing noises like people talking and i can hear music i can hear like and when i go and investigate it i there's nothing there so a couple of the locals were electrical engineers they would you know they come to the pub and um they say look can we run some experiments uh he says fine so they put these a probes into the wall electric uh, metal probes into the wall into the stonework because obviously it's a solid stone building um and uh they basically pump it with thousands and thousands of volts of electricity and they have mm-hmm. recorders in the room in the mics on into the embedded in the wall and they have uh microphones just in the room and some of the recordings they get back are you can hear Uh, chains you can hear what sounds like a drawbridge you can hear people talking um and their their theory is that because a lot of the uh the buildings back in those days were you know there was a lot of quartz in in stone and that then some way that there's also like you know silica and stuff and 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 that that acts like a a giant tape recorder and especially
1: quartz especially quartz
0: and that that in some way when you charge that it cut, you can let release it into the you know, into the environment and that what they were recording and capturing was sounds basically of the past but later on uh, many many years later a bbc uh, sound engineer were they did a news report on on the on the building and they left him his equipment in they locked it in the room overnight uh, he had a couple of dat players and some microphones set up just just in the room and uh, in the morning when he they collected the stuff they asked you know did you capture anything you said well actually I did and when he plays back the recording you can clearly you can clearly hear what sounds like um the the butt of a walking stick knocking on on a, on the wooden floor or it could have been well somebody else suggests that it could have been a judge judge's hammer you know, because mm-hmm. it was that sort of thing. Um, yeah. So, and and there was no one in the room. The root, the whole building was locked up and it was sealed and he recorded something. So I do think that a lot of these sounds and what people experience are in residual in some way, but also I think that the individual themselves plays a really big part in them experiencing what they experience.
1: You, you know what, Rees. I... Alex, do you do you have
2: the strange sounds at DeForest loaded up? I have one that's titled De Forest. I'm not sure if that's if it's that's, strange yeah.
1: sounds, I, I want I want Reeves to hear this. And this is sort of plays into what you're saying. Um because what what's happening here is you're hearing a bunch of sounds yeah. that weren't audible real time.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, yeah.
1: There and, and there was absolutely nothing around, uh, and this is from an old pioneer cemetery that laid in in ruins. I don't know. Do you do you have it loaded up there, Alex? Was, I do. Yes. Was okay. this uh was this an
0: outdoor or indoor recording?
1: It was an out, It's an outdoor okay. recording. Okay. But, okay. Go go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Sounds like uh doors or something opening and
1: closing or being moved. Hmm. Um now given the area, uh given the area, there there was an old mansion uh just off to the north of, of this old Pioneer Cemetery that was included with the land. Um and to me what i'm gathering it, it kind of sounds like it might be storm doors opening up and yeah. closing but the, the walking it sounds like somebody's walking yeah. on like a wooden floor on gravel and and again this none of this was audible or there's nothing in the area that would lead into this it just it it was incredibly eerie and there's no house nearby if I remember correctly. Not not uh, t- not to the extent where you're hearing it. Right. Uh I mean, close a house
2: further away but you wouldn't yeah. be able to capture that. E- exactly. It
0: it's interesting uh because uh, there are a number of times when investigators have gone into uh you know a haunted or, or buildings that have, have got activity and mm-hmm. when they do EVP or they just do you know stationary remote recording uh, they yep. don't. They don't pick up anything, and yet when they'll review their tapes, they'll mm-hmm. have whispers or knocks or clicks. Um, it. I tried finding it earlier. I had a copy of. Um, uh, there was twice. I think it was twice that Gareth and I caught uh, anomalous voices on when we were recording a podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, Gareth played one of them for for us one time. Very strange. Yeah
0: we didn't hear anything as we were we would think it was a halloween episode and we heard um uh we were it was in between sort of because usually with with evp it -hmm. it can be at times it can be quite subjective but also with these voices i did study evp quite a lot maybe in the sort of late 2000s i worked in the for 13 years i worked in in the music industry so i had access to quite high quality equipment and of course Mm -hmm. that got me into obviously being into the paranormal as well and finding about evp and reading up on evp and reading some books and i thought i want to i want to do this Um, and uh, i spent i must have spent maybe three or four months going staying uh, after work when everybody went home i would because obviously the studio was you know very isolated and it was quiet Mm. And uh, I would just literally just sit there for like two hours just talking into a microphone, asking questions like, is anybody there? Does anyone want to talk to me? And I had a white noise generator, so I was just running that into a tape deck. I think I, I was going into like a Nakamichi tape deck. So it was all really good quality mm. stuff. And mm-hmm. um, thinking that I, you know, I was going to be catching the next, you know, spooky ghost or whatever. And I didn't mm-hmm. get anything mm-hmm. for um, oh, it, months. Now, here's the interesting thing. Uh, uh, a lot of people tend to, when they capture stuff, it's, it's sometimes if they all sit in the room and they're just dead quiet, nothing happens. Yeah. But it, as yeah. soon as they start to get, you know, relax and start to joke around and create a little bit of an energy, a little bit that's of a sort happens. of atmosphere, that things start to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened on the night when I caught stuff. I was with a friend of mine and we had a couple of beers and we were at the studio. Mm and uh we had a couple of beers and he was he didn't really record you know he didn't really sort of believe it and he had the microphone and he was like oh no i'm the ghost and all this stuff <laughs> and and then i said look please just be serious and just just ask some questions and he was asking some questions and nothing happened and i said "Right, well, i'm gonna do it and i asked some questions and uh it was maybe we'd been there for about an hour maybe an hour and a half and um we played back the tape because we already did like short recordings of like two minutes because it took you know i had to listen back in real time and it, it's tedious it is like incredibly yes it is <laughs> yeah. and uh i'm listening to this when well, we the tape back and of course all the tape we we never recalled over the same section uh twice so we yeah. you know we have to go back to the next part and then you know did it in blocks and so i'm listening to this section and uh i'm all i'm hearing is white noise but then i hear this kind of static click and i'm like okay immediately i'm thinking i would not heard anything like that, like that before kind of didn't think about it maybe about 10 seconds later i, I clearly hear and this is class a i clearly as if somebody w- i'd given the microphone to them i clearly hear a um a uh a, a, like a lady's voice and it was maybe it was quite posh I would say it was like what a Victorian lady maybe talked like, you know, very sort of, you know, like the films in the fifties and, and, mm-hmm. and that they're all the, you know, they've really had kind of talked a little bit posh. And, um, it said, uh, it said, yes. And I'm like, I, at that point I'm kind of transfixed in, you know, that's all that matters is what's in my headphones. And, and then maybe about 10, maybe 20 seconds later, there's some more kind of clicking or like static, and then I hear a a man's voice saying quite clearly, "Please reply."
2: And right. I,
0: I I tell you, I I took my headphones off, and my my friend who was with me, I I gave him the headphones, and I, I wound the tape back, and I said, mm. "Mate, just can you just listen to that?" Because I thought I was going a bit. I thought I was just listening, hearing stuff, and uh, he listened to it uh and he took the headphones off and, and he said oh, i'm going home i don't and I, and he wouldn't talk about it he just would not talk he said i said dude what did you hear He goes, i don't know what i heard i'm going home and uh and he went and i'm like i'm left there on my own thinking well i don't want to do this again at the moment because i don't know what's on that tape i don't know if i'm talking to the devil you know what i mean <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you're so,
1: opening a door Reeves.
0: yeah uh, many i remember i I remember speaking to somebody at a an event, and uh, really nice lady. Okay, really nice lady, very knowledgeable on uh, many aspects of the paranormal. And uh, she says, um, uh, "We're just chatting," and I'm because this is this is in the days when I was quite new to it and and really really enthusiastic about things. And uh, I'm chatting to her, and and I say say to her, "Well, yeah, of course, uh, I'm thinking about getting a Ouija board, and I." And uh, she's going. You don't ever want to get one of those, my love. <laughs> that you're opening up a gateway to hell, and I'm like, yeah. I, I, I'm like thinking to myself, um, uh, you know, I had to have these visions of like, my house disappearing into the ground and stuff. <laughs> and and I remember a story. Um, and yeah. you, I mean, I'm going to go back a bit now. I'm going to go back to sort of, uh, well, many many years. I, mm. I, I was I was very friendly with. Um, the late another another late actually Lou Gentili,
1: oh wow yeah I was a huge Lou uh, fan I I used to love his show uh
0: well yeah and uh, well his show was great if he could hold back his temper because
1: sometimes (laughs) he would
0: get so angry with people that he would just say that's it the show's over and then he would just hang up and I'm like Lou what are you doing and he's like I'm done dude I'm done i'm giving well, up. you know
1: you know i i got a kick out of it when when he uh he took the uh james randy challenge
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> oh he had a really a, he had a really did have a thing about that
1: yeah
0: that's my money i'm gonna prove yeah. it that's my money yeah and then, he did the, and thing then
1: with the evps right? yes He's just, that's right i can i can get an yeah. evp anytime
0: i i must say that um some of the evps he sent me were i mean he used to capture some very very scary evp i remember talking to him mm. once he was outside of a an asylum and he was doing an investigation he was in his car and i was talking to him over like you know just like over the internet and i'm like mm. what are you doing he says i'm parked up i'm doing an investigation and he said i'm, I'm already getting evps already and uh and he and he he plays his recorder over the like over his phone this is like the early days of voice over ip so it's not very clear and he and he plays it and all i can hear is like i go all i can hear is sounds like swear words and he's going Mm -hmm. yep definitely something going on here and um, (laughs) i'm like do you want to go in there with all that and it some of the stories that he would tell and he used to he was very friendly with a a priest that used to do exorcisms and he would go with this priest sometimes mm-hmm. to document what he was doing, and some of the stories that he would tell me, he went into a building. There was a guy who had who had a spate of incredible bad luck, uh, and it was he went to the he ended up going to the to the to the clergy to the church mm-hmm. um, because everything he did in his life went went wrong. He lost his job, he mm-hmm. you know, got into problems. He got into lots of debt, and and, it, and he tried to do the right thing, and it was everything he did went wrong he went to the clergy and he said look i think i think i'm um i think i'm cursed i think uh you know i think there's a there's a devil in me or something um and he basically he got directed to this 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 priest and and <laughs> lou came along to to witness this thing and and some of the stuff he told me he said that he was uh in the room with this guy, and that the furniture was 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 moving, and and that there were sounds in the room, there were smells in the room, and he said it was just completely bizarre. And when you listen to stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and you know, it's kind of like you you think to yourself, you know, uh, uh, how would I act? I, yeah. Well, I know how I would. I would have most probably. I'd be I'd be back at home watching telly, eating crisps, because I'm like <laughs> I don't want none of that, thanks. But how do you? how does how do you sort of when you're in that environment and that's something like that happens how how do you how do you respond how how does that you know how does it's that affect tough. you because i've never i uh, you know i have had experiences when i'm mm. i live in a i live in a very well i'm say very old i live in an a, a um um a late eighteenth century what well, I'm going to say it this way, but I, I'm not a king or anything. I live in an 18th century mansion, but it's not mine. Yeah. Okay. I rent yeah. an apartment in it because yeah. they convert, because yeah. there's so many, it's a massive building. It, yeah. it, you know, it's converted into apartments. Yeah. And um, where I live, uh, the, 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 the old part is where I sleep. And it used to be, it's got steps at the front of it, which come down to my bay window, which is, I reckon that is where the servants would bring, stuff because obviously okay. you'd never have deliveries in that at the front door you know, yeah. you know all the food and stuff would be and the servants would come through the bottom of the house through the basement yeah. so I'm yeah. kind of living in the basement in a way although the house does go deeper because next door the apartment goes down another level but I'm just below like the ground floor but anyway when I first moved I've lived in here a number of years and uh, when I first moved in here the mm-hmm. the front part of where I live is kind of built, I would say, in the seventies, so it's quite modern, quite. Mm-hmm. And the the back part is where I sleep. Now, when I when I first moved in here, I was moving stuff in. I told Gareth this. I was moving stuff in, and my door was open, and yeah. I I felt as if there's something ran past my legs, like a like a cat or a something like that, somewhat small. And okay. um, I, I kind of looked down and looked. Down this way, just is like a hallway that goes back to the back of the barman. And I thought, oh, you know, the bleeding cat in my ass, isn't there? It's not my cat. But, um, <laughs> and I had this sort of thing of trying to, you know, chase this cat around. And, uh, but there was no cat, there was nothing. But f- it actually felt like something ran between my legs. And, uh, it was weird. And down, down, pussy. Yeah. Well, it was just weird. It was just weird. And also, when I'm. This is another weird thing. When I'm in bed, where the window is, right, where it's got steps, the steps are still there. They left the steps there. You can walk down the steps to the window and you can't go anywhere. Well, I suppose you could clean the window, but yeah, I've yet to do that and I've been here for four years, but there you go. Um, (laughs) The the, the thing is that when you come down the steps and you're by the window, which used to be a doorway, so they put a window in. When I'm in bed, I always get the feeling that, I want to look towards the window i I don't know what it is, so I'm in bed and I'm looking to my right towards yeah. the window because I feel all the time that yeah there's something not something there, but because that's part of the room where I need to be looking and I think that that I've thought about this, and maybe in the olden days back in the olden days way before the (laughs) 1980s the olden days, the olden days uh i'm thinking right that maybe maybe that because there was so much activity going in and out of there maybe that was like a main the main route where all the servants would come in and out and stuff because obviously back in the old days all the servants would work in the basement they do all the cooking and the cleaning and that yeah. and at night when because a lot of them would stay because a lot of these buildings are three to four story they would mm-hmm. stay in the roof you know up in the attic that's you know yeah. they would they obviously they would work in the house and do the fires and yeah. all the things but they wouldn't really be seen unless they needed to be so i'm thinking maybe because there was a lot of activity that in some way that part of the house has been imprinted with something and maybe I'm subconsciously picking up on it. Not, I'm not psychic. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm psych. I don't. I'm no. I'm not. But maybe in some way, subconsciously, I'm picking up on that. Um, mm. But yeah. So I, I don't even know what I was talking about. I went off on a complete tangent there, <laughs> and That's I okay. completely lost my train of thought of what your original question was.
1: Well, we're going to take a quick break. Here. Okay uh we'll take a quick break and uh we'll pick it up when we come back uh you know that's the whole point though Reeves this is why we do this and keep it open because the conversation it it just it flows and I love it and I want to thank you again for joining us tonight you're welcome all right so hold tight folks we'll be right back you're uh watching nocturnal frequency radio back to the paranormal aspect of things now i wanted to ask you reeves why the paranormal i mean what what brought you Ah, into the realm of the paranormal i mean what what interests you what sparked your interest
0: funny enough i have a story about that um right so we need to go all the way back to when i was a young kid and i was maybe six or seven years old my 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 late father who's no longer with us but yeah, but uh, he was totally into the whole UFOs. Um, he was a member of the British UFO Society, uh, a paid-up member. He would go to the meetings. He would, you know, get all the pamphlets and everything. Uh, he would buy all the books at the time, Jacques valet and so on. Uh, Danica von Daniken and, you know, he, he had all the books. Uh, quite a nice, you know, nice little library. I've inherited some of those from back in the day uh so he was the kind of catalyst for me to be interested in ufos to start with i didn't have any interest in in ghosts or or hauntings or anything like that i couldn't i wasn't <clears throat> at an age where i could kind of really understand to me a ghost back then was someone with a sheet over their head that was a ghost <laughs> Some sort of exactly. thing you'd see on scooby-doo you know yeah um, i was gonna say scooby-doo yeah but ufos because the whole i think with with aliens and you know sci-fi flash gordon that i kind of understood you know a little bit more what a ufo possibly was and it had spacemen in it and and in my little child head that's you know i kind of went towards that now of course that's that's me you know i'd look at my dad's books and i'd look at all the pictures and stuff and i didn't read anything i was a little kid and i didn't have no interest i just wanted to do pictures um but it really changed for me when he took me he said you're coming to the pictures we're going to the pictures it's a it's a special day we're going to the pictures and he took me to see um uh, close encounters with the third Kind. uh you know the the epic Classic. that is Classic. and i remember being there with my dad and my brother and i'm i was completely brainwashed by the film i couldn't take my eyes off the screen i couldn't to me it was just an epic film i just i you know i was just like wow i mean first don't you are you're wowed by you get wowed when you're a child by the likes of star wars you go and see that and it's like you know oh my god And then you see mm-hmm. like close encounters as well and it's like oh my double god you know and um. I really got into it from that point on and uh, he started to give me his books and stuff and magazines and I would look at them and uh, you know read them as best I could as I say I didn't really read them but it was later on that I started to uh, get an interest in uh, in in the wider field of the paranormal and ghosts and other mysteries uh, when of course thanks to uh, the great Arthur C. Clarke and, um, oh, You yeah. know, uh, um, he would the the TV the TV series, you know, Mr. Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, and he would bring you know the the shows because we didn't have. I mean, of course, I've watched them now, but we didn't have uh, the great In Search of. You know, we didn't have anything like that. At, you know, mm-hmm. at the time, but we I've seen them sit, have since, but and they're just yeah. as great. They're they're on the same level as Arthur C. Clarke, You know, over here, and and I would watch all these episodes. I think it was on. I think it was half past seven on a Sunday evening. So mm-hmm. I had to time it just right. Because being a kid, I had to have my bath and have my dinner. So I'd watch it just before I went to bed. You know, it's like I had to time it right. And I was lucky enough because my dad was into it all. So he'd let us watch it. So um, he'd
1: let you watch it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, you we were seeing, like, you know, the Loch Ness Monster and, uh, you know... It, it, human combustion and and all this stuff and I'm seeing all this stuff and my little brain is kind of like going wow this is this is just this is amazing it's not just you and of course they had some great UFO cases on there um and of course I just started to really get an interest for it and of course by that time I was a little bit older and I was buying the magazines and I was buying the unexplained magazine and reading it and I was actually reading it and sort of digesting all this information and learning about the cases and and really started to get a, a, an appetite for it now if we go forward to about 19 uh get old you start forgetting dates but it must have been <laughs> 1981 82 okay my friend we used to live in a house and this house backed onto a very large cricket field and we've been backing on it's relevant so backing onto a cricket field there's no there's no street lighting so it's completely dark so you don't get yeah. any of that kind of light pollution. There was lights, there were lights around, but there wasn't direct light. you know, it was you could see the night sky. And um, it was creepy. It, it was a bit creepy. creepy, yeah. It was yeah. a bit. Um, and, uh, I'm, of course, you're at that age where you want to have a, a, a sneaky cigarette. And we're hanging out the bedroom window, <laughs> me and my mate, because back then your mates would kip over. Uh, and uh, we're having a sneaky cigarette. And I'm looking up at the sky, and it's really dark. It's the middle of the summer. And uh, I'm like, do you see that? And he's like, well, it's, yeah. And it's a plane. Well, planes don't just stand in the sky like that. And it's this, we're seeing this bright light and it's moving slowly. It's coming off the coast because obviously we live in a seaside town. At that time, we weren't very far from the actual sea. Um, So it's coming off off the sea, off the coast, and it's coming over us, towards us, and it sort of stops in the sky. And we're like looking at it and we're thinking, we're, we're debating, like, what is it? You know, we start joking that it's the aliens have come to get us and stuff. Um, and then we see another light coming from the other, you know, the other side, and it comes over, and it stops in the sky. And in, as crazy as this sounds, a few minutes go by, and we see another light coming, and there's three points of bright light in the sky, in the night sky, and quite high up. And uh, I, by this time, I'm shouting to my dad over the banisters. Dad, come up at you because he might he had these great big binoculars because he used to go out on like do sky watches and stuff and uh he comes up and he's going oh what's going on what's going on and he looks at him and he goes oh i'll go get my binoculars and he goes and gets his binoculars and he's looking out the uh <laughs> he's looking out the window and he's got his binoculars on and all i can hear him <laughs> he's like good lord bugger me good good <laughs> god and uh, me and my mate are looking at each other thinking, what, "What? what's he seeing what's he seeing And uh, I was going to give us a go, Dad. And he's like, oh, I'll hold them in front of your face because they're very expensive. And, of course, he's holding them, pointing them. And we're, like, trying to... Me and my mate are trying to look through each, like, little bit to see. And we're looking through, and we're seeing these kind of glistening white balls. And, of course, we're not really looking properly. And he's looking, and he's thinking, oh, I'm going to have to make a report about this. And, um, And as we're sort of watching them, this whole episode lasts for about 10, maybe 15 minutes. And the two... Points of light that are at the bottom of this, what I call a triangle, move away slowly in the direction that they come from. There's no sound. There's no humming of a a, a, because we thought they were helicopters, and there's no helicopter sound. Drones weren't well, drones like they are today weren't around. Maybe they were drones, but who knows whose? But the 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 one at the top that just hung there for a little bit longer and it didn't go anywhere it just shot straight up in the sky just gone and well i don't know what that was i i have no clue what that was and that was my did,
1: did you question your insanity your sanity oh, at, me, I was a, well, at that
0: point well I, well I was a kid even
1: even even if you were a kid you're like okay like okay
0: um i i thought well, I immediately thought it was aliens. Me and my me and my mate was going. That was definitely really? you know, that was definitely aliens. So, so, so give us a picture.
1: In, of your your thoughts of just what, everything. Was an alien.
0: An alien. An, an alien is in the sense of everything that we'd seen in an Arthur C. Clarke, you know, uh, unexplained magazine, which would have okay, been a cross yeah. between a lizard and a metallic robot, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it was like some of these things that people have seen are completely off the wall and of course we're thinking you know i mean you when you're a kid you don't really sort of how can you put it you don't sort of sit down on your bed and go let me just digest what i've just seen you you (laughs) know you're it's either it's either an alien that's going to kill you or an alien that's going to take you to another planet it's like your 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 imagination runs away with you and Mm. we didn't stop talking about it for gosh ages it was it was it was a long time and we go to oh, i remember going to school and um this kid comes up to me and he goes so uh so you uh seen a flying saucer then did you and i'm like yeah it was me and uh so we we uh we all oh, right so how do you know it was a flying saucer and he was like uh well because it it was and it was like and then you'd make up this story around it and it was like mm. you, you have to be careful when you're a kid you kind of everything is a an adventure and you you know
1: so you embellished a little.
0: Yeah, you you kind of yeah, and and we're just sort of like yeah, well it it was me. I'm obviously special because it's you know, and you start making all these kind of crazy things up. But you know, and you, you think about it, when you're older, you think back and think, well, you know, you definitely saw something. You don't know what it was, but it was uh, it was definitely something weird. And the great thing about it was, if I'll be honest with you, if my dad wasn't there, and I think back to that experience. I would have most probably questioned myself now to think I was a kid um, and I had an experience I couldn't understand. So maybe I imagined it and it's in and it's a false memory in my head because let's be honest when you when you experience something that that as a as a human being when you experience something that you that you don't understand the first thing to do is to tell yourself that you're mistaken that it never happened. That you are. If I was to go in my kitchen right now and a cup slide along the the counter, which I hope it doesn't, but if it did, exactly. the first thing I'm going to do is think, "Oh, it's obviously a wet counter," or "There was a mini earthquake." Uh, you're going to do everything you can to kind of rationalize what just happened.
1: Exactly.
0: And I think. I mean,
1: I I find my I find myself. You know, trying to rationalize, but at yeah. the same time, if something just totally weird happens, yeah. in my mind, most people try it, to rationalize. Yeah. yeah, can can I can I try to can I recreate that? If I can recreate that, yeah. obviously it, it it's nothing major. Mm-hmm. But if I can't recreate that, then okay, then what? I, t-
0: I tell you a I tell you a weird story, and I don't mind talking about this now. I was a little bit closed off about it a few years mm-hmm. ago but now it's you know it's neither here it's an experience Wait a sec.
1: Are, are we getting a reeves exclusive here uh, no not really because i've already told it <laughs> but i'll I'll, okay.
0: I'll tell it again um okay. kind of not on on your oh. show maybe okay. um so I, i've as people know that my my i was a carer for my dad for two years he died of cancer so i he didn't want any, he didn't want any nurses or anything he wanted being the oldest son uh, he wanted me to look after him and be with him in his last sort of 18 months on planet earth so Mm -hmm. I like yeah no it's fine I can do that you know Um, obviously you know there are certain things that I'm not going to be putting him on the toilet or anything I had you know nurses would come in and do things like that so they're professionals they know how to do stuff like that Um, but I needed to be there to cook his meals and do the shopping and all that so you when you're with a parent Um, for uh, in that kind of situation, um, you, you, the dynamic changes in in a way. So, uh, let me just say that my dad was always my dad, and my dad was the kind of bloke that when he was a kid, he didn't need to tell you what to do; he just needed to look at you a particular way, and you knew what he needed to do. (laughs) Uh, An ex Grenadier Guard, six foot two, you know, fifteen stone. So. You he, he didn't really mess with him, um, and he went from that to five stone skeleton in in less oh, than wow. eighteen months. You know, and I'm Sorry. literally carrying him up, up the stairs. You know, and he's. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bizarre, It is an <laughs> yeah. absolutely bizarre situation to be in. But I must say, on a positive note, you come out of it with a completely different mindset. When you look at things and you look at challenges in life, you have a completely different mindset towards things, and it motivated me to do a lot of things that I was dragging my ass to do. And I'm thinking, yeah. no, I got, I got to get on with this and get it done because, yeah, because you, you know, you've just gone through this this thing. Anyway, my dad would uh, nearer the time, and I, of course, um. Uh, Peter Fenwick and other people, they've written books and done lectures on stuff like this. Uh, they talk about deathbed visions and people coming to visit people who are near death, especially in the hospice and stuff like that. Uh, the last three weeks of my dad's life, um, it got to a point where it became, I wasn't able to care for him because he was dying of cancer. He, he, was, he was medicated and but he needed proper medication, like proper like morphine and stuff because it was just... It was crazy, and um, anyway, so he needed to go into a hospice, and he wanted to go into a hospice because he knew that you know I was sometimes I, I remember being awake for three days because he was going through an, an episode yeah. of just constantly in pain, and I I literally I, I tell you right I was I was hallucinating I literally was hallucinating uh, because I was <laughs> um a bit, been awake for so long, and that's not yeah. good for anyone, no, and um so anyway so i'm you know i i talk with my brother because i have a brother and and we talk and and it's like yeah that's the thing we need to do he needs to go to the hospice so we go into hospice and uh he's like uh you know he seems a bit happier because he knows that he's on his you know he hasn't got to do anything more you can stay in bed and just watch telly and the end will come sort of thing so he's kind of chill about it and um what what happens is the last week of his life we get a phone call from the duty nurse and I'm the oldest so I get the call first and it's like five o'clock in the morning and uh, she rings me up and she says uh, uh, Reeves can you do you want to come down I think your dad's not long before he goes he's making he's starting to because um, I don't know um i don 't want to be morbid or anything i do, i do, i don't mm. want to be there is a reason for me saying this but i don 't want to be morbid but when people are near death they they do they do start to make noises okay mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they yeah, start to, they good. start to gurgle and stuff like that because of the breathing becomes mm. you know more erratic erratic and, yeah, yeah they they can't they start to like crackle and stuff and mm-hmm. of course when you're um in a room with someone who's on the cusp of checking out uh it's kind of it's a weird sensation and i'm sat one side of the uh, bed and my brother's sat the other side of the bed and it's i think it's about quarter six in the morning and and my dad you gotta remember my dad is medicated on on morphine and he's literally been asleep for two weeks like he's just not you know he's just been asleep um and I'm looking at my brother and and he's looking at me and my dad's making all these weird noises. And I'm like thinking any minute, he's going to, he's just going to expire. He's going to, I see it, doink, gone, game over. And,
1: uh, that must've been so tough for you. Man. It, it was just...
0: like, do you know what I like in it? Do you know what I like in it to? You know, when you go with your mates, right. And you go yeah. to the, uh, our, you go to the amusement park, right. And then there's the girl that you want to take to dinner or take, buy a pizza and you think, I want to be, I wanted to see that I'm a man. So I'm going to go on the roller coaster with all my mates, but I hate mm. roller coasters. And then you yeah. get on that roller coaster and before it goes, you've got all this anticipation about what's going to happen. Am I going to, am I going to wet myself? Am I going to cry? Or, uh, mm. you know, all that, it's that kind of yeah. feeling. And um, anyway, so he's making all these noises and I'm looking at my brother and my brother's looking at me and thinking any minute now, he's just going to, he's going to be gone. And uh, he doesn't. He literally opens his eyes and he sits up in bed as best he can, and he's pointing, and he's just pointing directly ahead of him. And then he starts to smile, and it, and it's just as if he's watching someone at the bottom of the bed walk from left no from right to left, uh, you know, yeah. on the bottom of the bed. And I'm looking at my um, I'm looking at my brother, and my brother's looking at me, and I'm like, are you are you are you seeing this? And he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I know, and the weird thing was the whole dynamic of the room changed it, it was if you know, this is going to sound really weird right but my brother attests to this um it is if the room kind of it kind of shifted out of uh for only for a split second but it kind of mm. shifted out of reality like we weren't we weren't in the same time frame as as everyone else was on planet earth at that moment but it only lasted for about maybe five six seconds and then a the
1: slight maybe a slight it, little bit of hope thinking okay everything's going to be okay sort of thing it
0: was it was very strange and then he yeah. just sort of led back down and then just went back to sleep and it was just yeah. and, and i'm like looking at my brother and and he's looking at me and uh and i'm like i had to get up and i'm going to get a coffee you know and i went out to the yeah there was this kind of kitchen there you could make drinks and stuff yeah. and i'm like thinking to myself because i'd read all this stuff about people with deathbed visions and stuff and things like that and i'm thinking did he just see is it is the it medication or why would he not be doing that more often if the medication is costing causing him to hallucinate why isn't he waking mm. up all the time and seeing crazy stuff why would he do it at that moment at the point of him nearly dying uh, mm-hmm. when he's clearly seeing something in his mind or whatever because but why would we feel that the room changes? That us? Is that our own? Are we just kind of reacting to him? Or is, what's going on there? And it was you guys are sensing, yeah,
1: like you said, a shift. It's it was in a the weird. It that, was that perhaps was weird. Some, something else was there yeah. with you guys well
0: i don't know um i mean there are there are cases out there where uh, there's been family members in rooms and and they've noticed people in the room that they don't know who they are and then slightly after the person's passed away the person that was in the group that nobody knew who they were is no longer in the group so there are cases like that but uh, i wouldn't experience anything like that but it was um Anyway, so, yeah, so maybe uh, – it was a, maybe a few days later that my dad did pass away early one morning. We got a phone call, and the nurse said, I'm very sorry to say to your, your dad, is, he's mm. – he's, he's, uh, we we weren't able to be there because he literally passed in his sleep, so he couldn't be there 24 hours a day. But, yeah, yeah. you know, we had jobs and stuff. But it just – that's the way it went. And it was, somebody was with him, obviously, because there was nurses there all the time, but it was just, yeah. you know. But But here's the weird thing. About three days after – um, uh, that had happened. I was on, um, uh, you know, I was I was off, I was not working or anything because of, you know, every, the funeral <coughs> and all that stuff. And um, I'm sat in bed and it was about, I think it's about maybe seven, eight o'clock in the morning and I'm completely wide awake, right? Completely mm. wide awake. I'm not dreaming or just woken up. I'm sat in bed thinking, what do I need to do today? And clearly, as if, he stood in the room with me, but like from my right side above me in the mm. corner of the room, I can hear, I hear him call my name Reeves like that. Hmm. And I, I look and I'm thinking what, the, you know, I'm, I'm thinking my dad just called my name <laughs> and I'm in my room and there's nothing there. So that was weird. You, Bizarre. You,
1: Alex, Alex, Alex can relate to that. Cause I yeah. know Alex, you, you had a, uh, like an,
2: Something happened when your dad passed away. Yeah, my dad passed away of cancer as well. Um, the night he, my my experience was the very night he passed. So he passed overnight around maybe two thirty in the morning, give or take. And when I went to go see him uh, after I finished work, I went straight to go see him because I was working the late shift. Spent some time with him. My sister was going to be spending the night that night, so I went home after seeing him and you know he he was like your dad he was on morphine
3: because
2: mm. he, was, he was terminal we knew he was going to die we just didn't know it was going to be that night so i go home and i try to get some sleep and i'm tossing and turning tossing and turning i keep looking at the clock i start drifting off into that sort of half in and out yeah. state around 2 30 because that's the last time i checked the time and when i'm in that state i sort of I guess you can call it a dream or a vision, whatever you want to call it, but it was a hazy, foggy background and I see my dad sort of smiling and waving and then he disappeared. Yeah. Shortly after that my sister calls from the hospital letting us know that he had just passed. Mm. Right? So that's that's the experience I had with yeah. my dad when he passed away.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's a similar thing. That's a similar thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's um I, I had something similar when my mum my mum my died maybe a year before uh my dad went. And uh, Mm. she died in her sleep at home, Um, and it was in their bedroom. They they had these um, like fixed wardrobes, and they would she every night she would fold all her clothes up and open the drawers at the top. They were like they'd make this kind of clicking sound when you opened and closed them, and uh, she would put all her clothes in there and close it down. And uh, after after my mum had passed away, because my dad. After my mum died, my dad went off a bit, you know, off the rocks a bit, and I had to mm. come back home for a while and, you know, and just make sure everything was cool. He wasn't going to do anything crazy. And I would, I put myself in the, um, what we call the spare room because yeah. I'm not, uh, I, I don't know what i be weird. I didn't want to. I didn't want to sleep in the room that my mum died in. I just. Yeah. I just. Nothing <laughs> weird about that. No, I. Mean, I, I just. Yeah. I. You know. You just. I just think. You know. I, I'm here. I've come back home. Let. I'll just go in the spare room. Yeah. I'm in the spare mm. room. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the junk room. I'm all right in there. And uh, I'm. So I'm in there, and I tell you, three nights on the trot, I can hear those slat things going k- clink. K- and about around the time that my mum would normally go to bed and i remember right i remember i'm um, the third night i thought if it does it again because i just thought you know is i do you know what I, I actually thought i thought it was my dad going up into my into the bedroom and 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 maybe moving them or what i just you know i immediately thought that and mm-hmm. i thought the third night i'm gonna go and look and and when i hear it i'm gonna go and i'm gonna get the grow some you know i'm gonna go so i hear them and it's about maybe i don't know half 11 quarter to 12 and i walk out of the room i open my door and all the landing is completely dark and my my dad has gone to bed all right so he's he's out he's out of the picture and i i because my mum my 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 dad and my mum they had they had separate rooms because my dad had a a back condition and he needed a really um like a hard mattress and my mum couldn't sleep on it so she used to sometimes sleep in because it was a three-bedroom house so she had a second room and that was the room that she'd slept in that she died and and uh, do you know what when i uh, it you gotta remember i'm in pitch blackness i don't turn our lights on i'm looking into the room and the door is maybe i don't know 10 inches ajar and i can't Mm -hmm. really see into the room because the curtains are drawn and it's like staring into the abyss. I I don't want to go in the room because everything is there uh the it, everything is there as if my mum was just getting ready to go to bed or whatever. You know, she obviously she's not there. They've moved her away and and uh, you know, but here's the thing. This is the creepy thing. When uh, there was nothing in the room, obviously, because it was an empty room, but when I pushed the uh the door open to get more light, and I turned the landing light on. I could see the uh, the the imprint on the bed, on the pillow of where my mum was. Obviously, you know they moved her away, and and because everything was just left because this has only happened a couple of days. And I didn't want to go in there and start tearing stuff up, you know, let my dad sort of get get used to the fact that you know his wife just died, and um, it was just such a weird feeling, and and it goes back to. Us as kind of barometers, or some sort of where we pick up on certain things and certain emotions, and you know,
1: but at, at the same time, Reeves, you know, in in the case of 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 your father and and Alex with his, the fact that you know the DNA, the, the link, yeah, the the energy you have a shared mm. energy, and and you're sort of patched into that, yeah. And I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that plays a huge part in the experience that you had, and again, what Alex experienced. It,
0: it's, it's, um, it's like the, uh, the, the phone call phenomenon where yeah. you can have uh, a friend that you're quite close to, or a family member that you're quite close to, and that the phone rings, and maybe. 10 seconds before the phone rings you think of them for some reason you think oh mm. i've spoken to them for a while or they're, they're they pop into your head and then suddenly the phone rings and it's them yeah. and yeah. this has happened that's happened to me on a number of occasions and i expect it's happened to a lot of people on many occasions so i think there is some truth to what you say there where mm. if you are connected to somebody whether you you know it's a a wife or a, or a you know, a family member and that you have a connection. um, I do think that there is a possibility that in some way you become more connected with that person when you are at a distance, you know, because I'm just going to say that when there's been disasters around the world, uh, when there's, you know, proper, like, you know, serious disasters and, and people that have lost their lives um, Mm. when they've been, uh you know crisis crisis apparitions uh, you know is the the what you know what what the kind of generic term but mm-hmm. uh when you you know there can be a wife a uh, uh, ten thousand miles away who suddenly sees her husband who's meant to be on the other side of the world or on a ship or something and uh he suddenly appears and uh then disappears you know and it's it it's kind of it it's kind of a uh maybe it's a mental thing maybe it's a mental projection maybe it we do um see i i have, i'm of the i'm of the um the mindset that uh that we when we say brain when you say mind they're, they're two completely different things and i think that yeah. with the the mind brain you know the, the the brain is the meat in your head the mind is the the bit that uh, maybe the you call bit. yeah the energy the consciousness you know and i do think that in some way maybe uh, consciousness to a degree is not actually in us it's 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 connected out there somehow and we're all connected to a um i don't want to get all weird and matrixy or anything like that i don't i don't want to okay. go because we,
1: we, we like
3: yeah i i just <laughs> think <terrible> <laughs> i try
0: not to uh use those generic terms because it people get you know you could you know, we're in the matrix you know it's like well uh yeah that's a film uh, but I understand what you're trying to get to me. I, I do think that, you know, the electronic, you know, the electronic universe or whatever you want to call it, The you know, that there is some form of, that's another t- tangent uh, that we live in a, we live in a computer program, but then there you go, the spirit world. What is it? You know, it's, we're going down all these different alleyways, but they're, they're all legitimate, should be discussed. But I think that yeah. unfortunately we, TV the media entertainment uh, has changed our view on how you perceive certain things. And it started, you know, 30 years ago when when things started to get popular. You know, you'd get the odd ghost show on TV or you'd get the, the UFO show on TV. Uh, but then all of a sudden it in the sort of the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, it, it It exploded, and you had all these shows pumping out all this stuff, and you had all these people going on who were whatever and did this and did that and well-
1: well, now we can think a lot of the specialty networks right <laughs> they're looking for content well content to, to,
0: to i remember us, right? i'll say that I remember watching the first see i was never a I was never a most haunted I was never a most mm, haunted person i my mum used to watch that religiously, and I was like, "How can you watch that? It's just like it's just so, you know." I'm not going to swear, but I was just, "How can you watch that?" But she was like, "I enjoy it. Uh, it doesn't matter. I enjoy it. I was, All right, you enjoy it. Fair enough." But then there's me, right? <laughs> there's me. There's me going upstairs and putting on my satellite and watching a bit of Taps, you know? Yeah. So it's the yin and yang, in it. So it i'm i'm watching that was the first kind of show that i really got into and and started to realize that uh how can i put it it's i started to care about those people on that show and i Mm -hmm. used to go when they went on an investigation i was kind of going with them i was in that van at the back i was i was i was you know i was going with them and i wanted to win and of course it was great but then of course we started to realize i think amy was it Amy Brougham or yeah, Vernon. she, she then turned around and said, Oh, but it, they're all making stuff up. The, the production agency, they want the, they want stuff to happen every week. So they're kind of splicing <laughs> it in a way
1: that edit, doing the edits so that it looks like more. Well, happens." I, and, I think a lot of people realize that. Yeah. Though. I mean, you, you're you're watching a TV show. It's entertainment and you got You got to feed the frenzy, right? I mean, you, those, People that have been in the field that go out and investigate, they know. They know that look, it. There's no way you're gonna show the three or four hours in between each edit. Uh, you know, it, they'd be way too bored. You gotta show them eating the bones, but you're not always gonna get evidence. So of no. course, of course, you gotta throw something out there.
0: I, re- I remember watching a, I can't remember what it was, but it was a, it was from way back in the I think the mid 70s and it was it was a it was a it was a, a ghost documentary a, a british one and there was your your archetypal ghost you know uh, ghost uh, investigator so you know you had your maybe call him colin right and he had a suit a tweed jacket on and some you know trainers or shoes he was a kind of you know you maybe he was a, a lecturer and that he did this in his part-time sort of thing and he had a sports car or whatever and a, a dog and you know he had a few you know notebook and a tape recorder um and he was you know the guy's being interviewed and uh they they're in this like stately home or it's an old house and they're filming it and it's like a half an hour show and 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 uh, absolutely nothing happened and uh it but you were enthralled you were watching it and you were like thinking oh, I a, I want to be a I want to be a ghost investigator I this is just this is a, I saw I I'm sure I saw that curtain move you know it's like it was like that and when you fast forward now you know we've we've gone from like sort of a 10 to like a 10,000 because mm. you know unless people are running around unless people are running around the house screaming like mental cases and there's lights and things flying around it's not exciting i think that people have become a little bit desensitized to Uh, exactly that that that, you know that they they it's that they need to be frightened they need to be shocked it it all has to happen i mean you just go on youtube and you type in ghost investigation and it's all Mm. like jump scares and stuff and it's like as soon as i start experiencing that it's like bye you are done i can't <laughs> I, I think can't watch I, that. I think
1: i think we can uh, blame the mtv uh, sort of um, yeah. error for that no i could yeah. quick edits you know we want fast reaction and bang the the music videos everything else everything was quickly yeah. edited you know and our attention spans you know uh, you know look at they shortened
0: yeah i i and... think i think you're, you you are right there i think that uh, we do get to a point where everything has to happen like instantly and i do think instantly. that our yeah. our attention as well when it comes comes to like the paranormal phenomenon it's like i don't want to sit in a room for half an hour and mm. and maybe hear what i think might be a rap or whatever i, I you it's, know it's, i don't want that
1: it's it's tough like, yeah okay so i've been researching and investigating the paranormal for, for i don't know so many years now, but um, you know, I still, you know, uh, we were we we sort of alluded to you know a little bit to it earlier about you know doing sort of audio work, if yeah. you will, EVP sessions or whatever. And some people will do short sessions because they don't they don't have the patience to go through three or four yeah, hours. You have, of audio. yeah, yeah. I I do. I, I'll sit there religiously and listen to it. But I'll tell you, there was one. There was one point uh, ten years ago, roughly around ten years ago, ten years ago. We we've been doing research and investigations at this old farmhouse mm-hmm. for ten years, over ten years now. And I went back and reviewed the very first, like the the video footage that that we collected from the very first time that we went into the house. And uh, because I was going to go back and do and rework it for a documentary. And I'm going through this footage and I'm going, wow, how did I miss this? Hmm. There was a portion in the beginning when I had the, the videographer go through the house and document it just for, you know, for, for uh obviously for uh reference down the road uh for whatever you know i I, I just love to have visual documentation
0: it's, it's always good to do that because it's, exactly. things move and you know
1: it, exactly and all of a sudden you know he he centers on this portrait of a, a of a little girl in period piece uh the portrait is called. Uh, Cherry Ripe, and it, it is sort of, uh, of uh, I believe, the same vein as uh, there's an old English uh, song of the same name by an English singer um, called Cherry Ripe. And, um, you know, as he's, like, focused on this picture, in the background, you start hearing a little girl singing. hmm and reciting, either singing or reciting, a nursery rhyme, and I'm like, "How the hell?" Because there's nobody there with him. It's just him in the house. You hear people down, at the on the main level, in the in in at the entrance lobby area. Yeah. But you're like this. This girl is clearly right there with him. Yeah. I, Alex, I don't know. Do you have that loaded up?
2: The child singing one. Yes, I yes. Do.
1: And I don't know if it's going to come through, uh, unfortunately, but see if, see give if, it a we... shot. yeah, give it a shot. Here we go. Did you hear that? Reeves?
0: I heard, uh, was it the one it, it sounded like a, a bit of a monotone sort of voice in the background?
1: Like, okay, so you have you hear some voices downstairs in the in the background.
0: But there's and it's the, quite loud. It's quite loud.
1: It's quite loud, yeah. but then all of a sudden you hear this sort of girl or female voice sort of reciting a song yeah. or singing. Like a poem play or it. something. Yeah, play it again, Alex. <laughs>
0: yeah i do hear it and do you know what i find fascinating about that is that the the voice is resonating to the room as if it's actually in the room because exactly it's it's actually like as if you were in the room and you were talking you would get some sort of you know your voice would bounce off the walls basically and you'd get that echo
1: it's right there. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'll send you the link so you can see the video, the actual video of this, so to give you a yeah. you know a better perspective. Um, but uh, you know, I totally missed that the very first time going, you know, going through the the footage. Yeah, and then you know, ten years later, I, I you know, I pull it out of the archives and I start watching it again. I'm like, wow. I
0: when I when I was doing EVP, I mean, obviously that there was no like it is now everything is digital, but back then it was all on analog tape. Yeah. analog. And, uh, yeah. So it's kind of, I would, I would use a, a white noise generator oh. and I would obviously, you know, I it was multi frequency. So I could change the frequency and, you know, and I would all try different things because I was, I was kind of, you know, try and see what worked and there was no rule book to say you have to do it a particular way. And, um, I would often capture what sounded like more than one voice, but it was right down in, you know, right down in the sound in the, in the, in the, in the low end. And, and you're not, it, it, there's a, there's like all the noises there and all the, you know, all the garble and everything. And it was like, I can't make out what's being said, but there's, it sounds like lots of things are being said. But then again, mm. I started to uh, do EVP uh, differently I started mm-hmm. to use um, a fan, you know, putting a, a, a tape fan isn't near a fan. Easy. And yeah. also, because um, there was a f- the f- the fan phenomenon, um, which is a bit creepy, but it's the way that your brain works. Mm. I remember having a fan, right? I remember having a fan in my bedroom of my old house. And mm. the old house was, um, wasn't was like an old thing like this. It was modern, so it was very hot in the summer, Um mm so you know the you'd leave the windows open and stuff or have run a fan 24 hours a day because we don't have air conditioning over here cause it doesn't it doesn't get that hot for that long yeah. and um so i'm running a fan and every night i can hear what sounds like uh rave music playing mm. and i'm thinking who's having parties every night just because it's warm don't you, mm. don't you go to work you know you just party <laughs> you know? what and and every time i turn the fan off then the music goes and I came mm. to the conclusion. I did a little bit of digging, and I, you know, I first of all I came to the conclusion it's something to do with the fan. Firstly, I'm thinking it, to the motor.
1: Infrasound? In well, it's
0: your it's it's the way that the brain tries mm. to make sense of a mm. of a noise. It doesn't really understand. It's just subconscious. It's trying to figure out, yeah. and so okay. it's pulling up information in your that you know that you have to kind of make sense. So. You know, it's that fan phenomenon. But also, I've tried um, capturing EVPs with water, running water. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had, well, I wouldn't say I've had a lot of success with it. But (coughs) once again, I've captured sounds that sound like voices. It sounds like people talking. Um, uh, If you talk to um, people who go caving, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, proper, the, the the deep cavers that go right down in, in you know um they they have some uh have experienced uh, people having conversations Mm. and they can hear people talking while they're they're the only few people that are really really deep in the earth caving um and they can hear people like having conversations uh, you know down the end of a a shaft which seems impossible to get to the only thing I can think of is that those sounds are potentially being carried from somewhere else, or the environment that they're in, in some way, is reproducing those sounds from somewhere else.
1: Uh, you know, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember watching uh, uh, some guy on YouTube. Uh,
2: a, who, who?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think who, you're. Who, you probably the same. Uh, same yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah. He he, he went into uh, a mining cave. That's right. An yeah, old, old, an old mine. Mind, yeah, and he went to a certain point, and he, he he was hearing stuff.
0: He got very scared.
1: He got very scared, yeah. and then pulled out. Yeah. And that's interesting. You know, we've had um, a really good friend of ours uh, who's been on the show several times, uh, Michael Esposito. He's he's. Uh, a musician by trade, but he does a lot of experimentation with different means to capture EVP. And in fact, a lot of the music that he puts together is based on his EVP work. Mm -hmm. And this guy has used almost every tool that you could pop things that you would never think of. Yeah. He has used and you're like, wow. Wow how
0: um it's incredible really trying to think of the band um there was a it was they made quite a big deal of it uh it was a few years well more than a few years ago they yeah. recorded an album in a studio uh in i think it would the studio was converted it was an old manor house that was converted into a residential studio and they okay. recorded an album and every time they tried to record lay down tracks they would end up with um, random voices on the multi-track tape. And they couldn't understand, because sometimes, I mean, I'm in a band. I've been in the studio Mm. quite a few Mm. times. And you can get a phenomenon where, I don't don't think you get that anymore because it's all digital now. Back in the day when I would go in the studio, it was all multi-track. You know, it it was all on tape. Um, So you had a master reel, a multi-track master reel. Yeah, And uh, you would, when you play music, you would get a, it's the way that the instruments clash and you sometimes get rogue sounds within a recording. Uh, you can, you, you if you're, you know, good engineers will know how to get rid of those sounds. Um, and we had it a couple of times where we had um, a sound which sounded like, literally like uh, two sheets of metal being sort of scraped together and it mm-hmm. was a clash that what it was was the guitars were that they were because of the the way that the frequencies work and the the, the 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 chord structure and all that the way and it and it was causing this this kind of this 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 audio phenomenon okay. recording it onto the <laughs> tape so we just okay. changed the song slightly and, and it went away and they did some stuff and it was fine. But it was really weird because, uh, of course, we're all in the studio going, yeah, it's a ghost. Yeah, it's a ghost. It's haunted. Uh, you know. But then years later, I read that this, you know, quite a well-known band, I'm really trying to think of their name, but they recorded an album and they had these phantom uh, voices or oh, noises and they left them. They left them on the album. They just mixed it mm. in and just used it as part of the 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 music you know the tracks um so i mean also as well um i'm trying to think of the name of the film it was an independent film it was um it was made maybe 10 years 15 years ago and okay. uh it was th- when they came to do the uh edit when they fi- they'd uh they'd done all the filming and the film was done it was all shot in black and white mm. uh and uh when they came to edit it together they were going through it frame by frame and so many uh frames of the film had uh faces uh and what looked like people that weren't in mm. the cast that were on th- that that weren't in the film and they couldn't understand where those faces come from so how weird's that <laughs> that is weird how does that work um and that they was... have the pictures of you know these printed pictures from these frames they didn't it was just weird um <laughs>
1: So who knows you know, spe- speaking of weird I I have this little story uh you know I've had a lot of weird stuff happen in, where I where I live but you know the latest and I, I mentioned it to Alex is I have this old army chest this smart homemade army chest that that I purchased years ago I I can't even remember where and I and I just have some DVD old DVDs Placed in it, You yeah. Have some stuff in it. I don't know. Hold on, I I could show you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Where is it? So over there, right down in there the corner. down on the bottom there. But anyways, um, uh, you know, I came in, I came into the in here. One day, and inside it is something that Gareth and I would talk about all the time. And that is a, a, a TV series called Tomorrow People.
0: Oh, Tomorrow People, yeah. Excellent series. And I
1: and yeah, amazing series. Yeah. And I had I had the, the you know part one and two box set inside that. And I came in here one day and you know, I'm looking at the desk and there they are sitting on top of my desk here. And I'm like Okay, that's weird. Why are those sitting there? And I noticed I looked at the box where they normally are sitting in. Yeah, uh, everything on top was over to the to the floor beside it, and the latch had been open. There's a latch on it, you know. And I'm asking my wife, I'm like, "Were you were you up yeah. here looking? Did did you put those there?" And she's like, I, "No, I haven't even been in this room."
0: Like, where where did you get the? I mean, because you know that's kind of you where, think where did of I, the the chest? Where did that come from? Did you pick I, it up? You know or? what?
1: I I I bought it at an at a antique place years ago. Do
0: you, do you ago. know the the history of it?
1: I don't know anything about it. Nothing.
0: Okay, so what I what one of my um one of my interests is I like to go around. uh what you call, I suppose, thrift stores. We call them secondhand shops. I love it. Yeah, uh, me I, too. I, I, Yeah, I, I just, and uh, I got this thing for buying things that seem to have, uh, like, history. And mm-hmm. I, I bought a pair of um, mugs, cups, whatever you call them, mugs, I suppose. And when I yeah. got them home, I had this kind of, you, you know when you see something in one of those shops and you see it, and I, I want that. I'm going to buy yeah. it. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely. bought these two cups. They were they were handmade, okay? They were, like, made of clay, and they'd been kiln-baked and stuff and, and glazed. And um, when I got them back to my home, I mm-hmm. was washing them, and I turned them upside down, and on the bottom of them, it was inscribed. Uh, so what... Right. The story I understand from reading them was mm-hmm. these cups were made by hand, and... Yeah. The, the the each each cup was made for a husband and a wife so mm. they may have made themselves a cup each for each other okay. and then signed it on the bottom oh. and I, and I just thought that was like very strange why I was attracted to those cups and why I bought them and then I found this and I thought that's there's there's a story there there's a history this this cup has got a story to tell which yeah. i only know a little bit of and yet for some reason i was i went there and i bought it and i brought it back and now i am the custodian of it and mm. and and when you when you look at all stuff when you go out and buy stuff that is pre-owned um mm. you you buy the history with it you, you absolutely buy, you, yeah and I think that it's going back once again to you know I I live in the past um and I I kind of look at stuff and I think to myself if someone buys something I'm trying to think of the guy's name he's got a YouTube channel he 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 he, he, to, he used to have a podcast where he would tell um
2: mm-hmm.
0: he would tell ghost stories and stuff and and he started a um uh, a YouTube channel. Uh, some some time back and he did a few videos and one of the videos that he did was a a paranormal group uh did a investigation at a i think it was a church or a converted church anyway there was some some stuff going on and they said that the the root cause of the paranormal disturbances was a uh, a, a mirror which was made mm-hmm. from part of the wood of one of the uh, window arches or something, but it was made into a mirror and they'd wrapped it up and put it away and said that if you keep it away, it will be fine. And he, w- he scoffed at this and thought, I'm going to do an experiment. I'll have it. I'll take it off your hands. And he brought it back to his apartment and he shows mm-hmm. it on video. He says, this is the mirror and it's very grand it's very big it looks very nice and he goes i'm going to unwrap it right now it's been covered up since since it's been back here and he unwraps it he said there you go it's just a mirror i'm going to leave it there now and then maybe uh, a week or so went by and he made another video and he started to say um he's getting uh, his phone's ringing i think it's his phone he gets phone call no no it's someone's knocking at his door Uh, late at night somebody's tapping on his door and uh yeah yeah and he goes to open his door lives in a a complex so he thought Mm -hmm. it was somebody doing a prank in him and he opened the door and uh there was nobody there and he closed the door go back to bed and there'd be tap 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 on the door and he'd go open the door there's nobody there and he's in bed right now this (laughs) this would have scared me they he hears someone in his front room walking around okay so he gets up, goes to the front room. There's no one there. He checks everything. Nothing's been disturbed. He comes back to bed and he gets in bed. And he and his bed apparently is next to a window, right? And then someone just bangs on the window right next to him. And he, of course, he opens the curtains. There's nothing there. His his girlfriend starts to experience stuff, and he, uh, it comes to the point where he comes into his front room. And he sees a child in his front room for a a fleeting moment. Mm. And then they're gone. And at that point, he starts to connect that, hey, maybe there's something, maybe there's something is going on here. Maybe I have brought something home. So I don't know. I get that all the time. Yeah. I get it all the time. Yeah. I I mean, who knows?
1: well, Well, let me ask you. Hey, you know, when you go to these, these thrift shops, these antique shops. Exactly, and, and you look at the you, stuff you're buying. The history. You're, but yeah, what are we? Is this something that we want? Um, is this something we're asking for? Or I is think this something um, that we're totally oblivious to, and you know, obviously having to pay the price later on. Yeah. when it does happen.
0: Um, I think that uh, w- when you go to these these shops and you look at this stuff um that a lot of it is just it's just stuff and it doesn't have it doesn't hold any history but there is stuff there that does have a story and it's Mm -hmm. maybe a it been in an environment which has been a sad story or a an abusive story and uh, Mm -hmm. in some way that object it can be anything i think it could be a plate or it could be a cup or it could be a pair of trainers um you know and in some way it becomes emotionally charged and that when you grab those whatever they are because they're a bargain and you bring them back um, if you are the right kind of person that is sensitive in the sense of I don't mean like a psychic I mean sensitive as in the sense of being able to pick up on a little bit more than what the average person picks up on I think that in then you open up a doorway where you can perceive or let in or um i don't want to you no actually no i don't want to say the word let in because you know you're talking about uh you know a portal to the nether world or anything like that i think that you are the trigger I, it's, it's going back to when people are all together and they see a ufo are all of those people seeing the same thing it's like when you have a group of people and they see an apparition. Not everyone sees the same thing. Somebody might see a a full-bodied apparition and somebody else might be slightly further away, but they go, well, I only saw half a person. They didn't have any legs. But they're seeing the same thing, but they're all not seeing the same thing. So something's happening between the the mind, the brain, us, our perception, and it has a lot to do with individuals. And how we perceive the environment around us, you know. Ah, you know?
1: oh, man, you know it, it, it's. There's one thing I love. It, you know, when I build stuff, I, I I love to build stuff, and I will use instead of going out and buying fresh wood, I will use reclaimed wood. Yeah, I will go. I, I will go in and, and buy, like, say, for instance, a barn board or a board that's been reclaimed from some sort of structure and use it and build it. You know, it's just so amazing the amount of energy that that these objects hold. Um, I think um, when it
0: comes to buildings and uh, buildings that have been, I suppose, repurposed into, you know, for example, the most classic, case is a church when a yeah. church no longer has a congregation and it it becomes you know not a church anymore and someone comes along a developer and says i like this i'm going to make it into my home um mm-hmm. and i do know of a few around here that have been uh, repurposed into homes and they look yeah. kind of cool especially one of them because their front garden still got all the graves in it um but the thing is it's like when you do that i think that you're not changing the actual the environment that it's it is is within you are changing its appearance and you're changing its usage but you're not changing anything else possibly when you do make change that there is a chance that you can maybe excite anything that might be there um yeah. people say oh i i bought this 15th century building and it's been great for 10 years and now i'm doing some work on it and and i'm getting all this weird stuff i find that fascinating i think that well why would a, why would a ghost get angry if you if you're putting in a new kitchen um you know I, i'm thinking i had this um see there's there's this thing where this train of thought where some people believe that when when you die you perceive the world as as it was or as it is when you lived so yeah you know when we pop our clogs and go on to wherever we go uh if we choose to hang around for a bit we will perceive things as if you know that, the the way that we see we remember them because mm-hmm. we make we will make up our mind uh, we will make up our environment with with the way that we remember things so, yeah. you know, because we can't perceive anything that's, that's, that's beyond what we can understand at the point of when we didn't, you know, when we don't live anymore. But there's the other train of thought to say that, no, you're a free spirit and you can fly around and you can see everything and see the change of everything. I think that when you're in a building and we remember people lived and died their whole whole lives in a building and they, you know, that was, they, they were born in the house. They lived their whole life in the house. And they died in that house. I think, in some way, they become inherently connected to the building, and yeah. also that that space, that 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 bubble that they live in. Because mm-hmm. back in people didn't travel very much in the olden days. They kind of stayed very close to home. You you could only go as I'm right, People did go places. You got on a horse, or you'd walk, or but but you know you didn't fly all around the world or anything like that so
1: they didn't have a need to
0: they didn't need to everything was in their their little social bubble and they didn't need to go far and I think that when you spend that much time in one place in I think that you are going to be you are going to be making your print you are going to be leaving something behind when you are no longer there and I think that we do get that with older buildings I mean there is the I mean, somebody said to me a while back, uh, we were having a conversation about ghosts and stuff, and they're saying, yeah but why don't you uh why don't you get uh, a ghost of a of a of a of a of a caveman? Why don't I see ghosts of cavemen? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, there is an answer for that, and well, a theory, I would not say it was a an theory, answer. Man. um I would say that um back in the old and very olden days, the dinosaur days. Is this um, before the eighties? Before before way before the eighties. <laughs> Back when there was dinosaurs, there was just yeah. dinosaurs. And then the dinosaurs were gone and then there was the you know, we came along. Um and maybe, you know, we came out of the trees and we started to do stuff and make communities and stuff. I think that um I think that there has to be a certain amount of um I don't want to get all new agey and weird. I don't want to start tricking <laughs> all these words out of the air, but I'm gonna use this word because it's the most relevant to what I'm trying to get convey here quickly without me telling another story so <laughs> when you when you are a, a long time ago maybe they weren't psychically evolved or mm. enough to point. to to uh, leave a print and i do think that there are uh, because you know paranormal phenomenon goes goes way way back and there's people you know a long long time ago that would there are accounts of of ghosts and things and what they call devils and demons and you know the devil
1: our awareness wasn't there
0: yeah but the thing is it's like when you think about it okay mm-hmm. so pretend that uh you know that you've lived you you live in a house and you have a ghost and the ghost every day walks on the landing and you can watch that ghost every day that ghost might do that for the next 250 years but as the 250 years count down that ghost gets fainter and fainter and fainter until you can no longer see that ghost but you can hear that ghost so there is a there is a depletion in energy Mm, it takes a long time but there are cases out there where people have seen apparitions and as the years go up, go by the apparition has become fainter and fainter until it is just, it's just an audible thing. They can hear it yeah. walking, but they can't see it. So that, that, that makes me, that makes me kind of reason to myself. Well, maybe, you know, there are old, you know, olden day ghosts that are still doing their thing. But a lot of them, Have kind of expired like a battery. They've kind of run out. And this, you know, they might still be around as in a sounds, but but visually they're no longer around. And so what we're seeing now. Good
1: point. But don't you think, okay, so since we're dealing, like I like to think uh, when when we're dealing with, you know, this sort of realm as being uh, like an energy imprint,
2: and energy
1: being infinite would that not constantly like you know like we said residual constantly play out and I, I like how you're saying it it eventually wanes out
0: yeah so okay so I'll say it a different way so basically um you have right so you have two kinds of hauntings right you have the residual haunting which is just it's not conscious it just does its thing right
1: just, uh, yeah
0: it just it's it just plays like a, a tape player right Mm. so that because it's not able to it's not it's not actually conscious right it's just doing its thing and then you have a an intelligent haunting which is a a a personality or a well allegedly a personality or it's a consciousness responsive yeah so that way if it's responsive it must be at some point if it's responsive and it's able to Tap on the wall three times and it taps, or, or you know, move stuff, or uh, you know, make things appear and disappear, or, or whatever. Then it must be to a certain point. It must be conscious of itself, and if it's conscious mm-hmm. of itself, then it must be able to. Uh, I'm not going to say feed on people because that makes it sound like a vampire, but in some way, it it's is true. a little bit vampiretic because it's using energy to convey a message so that it can you know do things like tap on the wall or or whatever because one thing i don't ever understand is some people that say well you you've got to do ghost hunting in the dark i don't think you need to do any of that i think that ghosts if they're going to be ghosts and do ghost things they do it whenever they want you know and i think that the problem is that we we're looking when we look at the phenomenon and we look at hauntings and we look at ghosts i think that you get a bit confused by people get a bit confused by well it's a ghost so you know it's obviously grandma that's come back and she's a bit angry and you whatever you know and it's kind of maybe it's not grandma maybe it's um maybe it's something we have no clue about maybe we don't know for example whitley streber communion his yeah his ufo weirdness in that cabin in the woods When he had friends there, they complained that uh, they were experiencing strange uh, poltergeist phenomenon. Well, when you think about it, strange poltergeist phenomenon with uh, people that have had UFO, I'll use that word abduction, uh, experiences, uh, they have a poltergeist phenomenon, maybe, okay, I'm going to get really weird now. Maybe that that's people that are visiting their, their homes who have got the ability that, uh, so that we don't see them,
3: Mm.
0: you know, maybe that's the poltergeist phenomenon. Maybe that's what they're experiencing. Maybe they, you know, uh, it's such a, it's such a rabbit hole to go down. When you start talking about this phenomenon, you go from one to the other and, and 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 you start to think hang on this this seems all kind of connected bigfoot sasquatch mm, yeah. whatever you want to call him um it's there's there's a there's a train of thought now that there is some sort of paranormal phenomenon connected to him that he seems to be able to be in the forest and follow people around and be seen but mm. never be caught but exactly. people experience him Um, and and more than one at once. And yet they never are able to get near enough to, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's getting to a point now where, you know, you get the the stick knocking and the noises and the howling and the the stone throwing. Um, But nobody ever seems to be able to capture or, you know, get near him. And there are people that have had, um, there there are people that have had uh, uh, encounters with them um and also one of the things that they do they do say is when they walk they they seem to almost glide when they walk they they they, like for every step we take you know we'd have to take like 10 steps for one of their one steps it's as if they sort of they glide across the ground rather than walking across the ground and and they for how big and massive they are they're so silent you know they don't hear any noise so it, it i you know i think that all of this the this that kind of phenomenon, the UFO phenomenon, the ghost phenomenon, there is a, there has to be a, a single connection to all of it, which will, if you could figure that out, I think that you'll, you would make a massive,
1: we would be millionaires.
0: Well, yeah, or billionaires.
2: <laughs> uh, I if think there's that... no, you know, That's a question in Chad for Reeves. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Della. Della. Yes. Uh, Hello, Della. Della. Asks, Uh, does he think or do you think some ghosts are split off parts of consciousness
0: Uh, yes i do i think that all right okay so um i'll go into another tangent here because i do think uh this is possible (laughs) um that if you uh if you pass on and if you die um possibly uh you would go into a kind of i'm going to say a purgatory but more like a limbo and that limbo could possibly be like a very confused dream state, and that uh, where you are not really fully aware of your environment and you're kind of half asleep, but you are kind of your your personality is there, but only parts of it only them only certain parts of your personality and this is what I was talking about earlier, where there are researchers out there that say that you know is it is it possible for only parts of your personality to kind of live on or if you die or get killed or suicide or something happens to you very quickly and you you're suddenly no longer alive and you're you're very confused you're in a confused state and people say you know well maybe when you die you go to heaven and it's great and I think a lot of heaven and hell is what you is in your head And if you pass on and you're the kind of person to say, it's all a load of old nonsense, then you're going to create your own reality. So maybe that will be your own hell. Um, And if you're the kind of person that's got an open mind and says, well, maybe there is something, then you're going to go and, you know, have a nice experience. So I I don't know. I mean, possibly. Um, And if it is, then it could possibly be something like a, a bad dream but a kind of a bad dream that just keeps resetting itself over and over uh, and in a, in a, just a massively confused
1: state. Reeves, we need to have you back on the show.
0: <laughs> I just, I, I on, I've, I've, I just, I've go on
1: <laughs> no, no, we, I've absolutely enjoyed this. Yep. Um, we would love to have you back on, man.
0: Good. Well, I will we, be back.
1: We, we, oh, we would love to have you let everyone know about paratalk yes uh what's going on with paratalk and where to find the episodes
0: uh paratalk the best place to go is paratalkpodcast.com um i will always post every episode will be posted to the main website uh from the main website as well you can find a link to the rss feeds um so that you can wherever you you know spotify if you go to spotify or app i'm actually i've just been accepted onto apple podcast so if you go to any of those main ones like spotify or apple podcast and put in the paratalk podcast you'll find me um that there will be two paratalk signs that are the same but um i've left the gareth's one is there with me and that's the archive and then there's a new one and that will be the new episodes but it you'll just see my name, so you'll know that's just me, but you'll find it, so yeah, that that's the best place, and from the main website, you can get all of the links, and as for episodes, uh, at the moment, I'm still finding my feet, um, I've got lots of ideas, and I'm going to be, arranging some guests, um, to come on, and just you know do like an, like we're doing, just an, an hour or so, of just free chat, and just talk about things, um, but I also want to do the, the little mini, episodes of just just cases because i do enjoy doing those i do enjoy narrating them and doing the research um and they're
1: great they're, yeah. i absolutely love them man you, you're you doing a wonderful job you're doing a great job and i commend you keep them up
0: good good and yeah, yes and really thank you for having them. me on because it's been no, a laugh. We,
1: it's been a long time in the works uh like i said gareth kept saying you gotta have reason <laughs> and thank yeah. thank Thankfully, we finally had you on. And you know what? We would love to have you back, Reeves.
0: Yes, I'll be back. No worries about that.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Take care. And thank you, my friend. You're welcome. Take care, Reeves.